emotional intelligence and heart intelligence. Those two, absolutely, for a parent on a journey to help their child, those two are unbelievably useful. And the crazy thing is a lot of times we operate, we don't even have an awareness of what those two types of intelligences are. How is it possible for a parent of a child with autism to become the superhero their child needs now? I'm Len. And I'm Cass. When our son was diagnosed with moderate to severe autism, we went all in. We spent over a decade learning everything we could on how we could transform to help our son thrive. And guess what? He's doing it. This year, he ran for class president. Each week on this podcast, we will be sharing the secrets needed for you to become the superhero your child needs. If you want to learn how to tap into your innate superpowers to help your child thrive, visit AutismParentingSecrets.com. Hey, it's Len, and welcome to the show. Cass and I are in the process of creating a new version of our Warrior Parent Bootcamp, and we've really spent some time focusing on a key first phase, which is perception, how we see things. And that really centers on getting your mindset and your belief system on board overall to work for you instead of working against you. And in between the mindset and beliefs are your emotions. And as every parent of a child uh, with a diagnosis like autism can attest to, this journey can be an absolute emotional roller coaster. And the opportunity here is to really see that emotions are totally normal, expected, useful, no such thing as kind of bad or good emotions. You know, they all serve a purpose. But these emotions, if they're not kind of kept in check and if they become excessive in some way, they can truly wind up being an obstacle. So while they're not bad, they definitely can be like anything else, too much or any kind of extreme form can actually be in the way. So the key here is that, and the beautiful thing is that emotions are actually something that we can better control. We can't stop them, nor would we want to. But if anything's excessive, there's an opportunity to operate differently. So the emotions that you're experiencing, you can feel them, learn from them, you know, seek their guidance, but not be kind of held prisoner or not be kept stuck because of your emotions. So all of this is getting to this um, overall concept that intelligence, when we think about intelligence and we think about us responding to something that we want to improve, it's easy to kind of get stuck thinking, okay, well, I'm not as smart as my doctor. I'm not as smart as the therapist. I'm not as smart as other people who are around me and my child who are giving me advice. And this discussion is really focusing on intelligence, this concept of intelligence with the secret that we're going to talk about today is that IQ is just one measure of intelligence. And while it is important, it's definitely not fixed. I was raised where once you knew your IQ, you knew whether you were the smart one or not and where you fell. And there was a prevailing view that your IQ is kind of just something that you have and you can't really change it. That's totally been debunked and IQs can absolutely change. The brain is constantly evolving. The brain is plastic. So IQ, if you feel like that intellectual intelligence is important, know that it can change and grow. 
Although some people would say, okay, it's really pretty fixed. But what I'd like to talk about is the idea that that's just one measure of intelligence and it can grow, but there's other intelligences as well that are equally important, if not more important. One of those, well, there's a whole bunch actually, there's dozens. Two that I think are really relevant are emotional intelligence and heart intelligence. Those two, absolutely, for a parent on a journey to help their child, those two are unbelievably useful. And the crazy thing is a lot of times we operate, we don't even have an awareness of what those two types of intelligences are. So let's talk about that a little bit. There's a whole rainbow of intelligences. There's, as I mentioned, emotional and heart. We're going to talk about them today. There's musical intelligence, spatial intelligence, kinesthetic intelligence, naturalistic intelligence. I could keep going on and on. There's a whole bunch of different ways that people can demonstrate their intelligence and what they know. And IQ being one of them is not the most important thing when it comes to wrestling with the challenges and the obstacles that come with navigating an autism diagnosis. So today we're going to just really hone in on emotional intelligence and heart intelligence. Starting with the first one, a huge impediment to success generally is the mismanagement of emotions. Each of us bring our emotions, we're feeling them, and to whatever extent, our emotions are not serving us and they're, they're actually making it harder for us to achieve what we want to achieve. That's the opportunity to kind of just understand what's happening and to exert some control. And then further on, emotional intelligence is this kind of blanket idea, but heart intelligence feeds into that as well because heart intelligence kind of spawns the emotional intelligence. And heart intelligence is all about listening to the heart. And if you actually take the time to tap in and listen to what your heart is saying, it does increase your, not only your intelligence, but your intuition as well. And there's so many instances in society where we talk about something that's heartfelt, you know, listening to our heart, it goes on and on, especially in music, but it's true. The guiding wisdom of the heart is critical because otherwise it's so easy for us to kind of fall prey to more reactive emotions. And the exciting part is that you can control your emotions in to a large degree by kind of upgrading the beliefs that you have to beliefs that really serve you. And also by saying yes to the growth mindset, constantly learning and growing and stepping out of any form of fixed mindset or victim mentality. So if you focus on your beliefs and your mindset, your emotions will become easier for you to control them to some degree and again, to help them to fuel your success as opposed to make it more difficult for you to achieve what you want. That's the key from a intelligence perspective is that the heart can be listened to, emotional intelligence can be developed. And when we talk about emotional intelligence, maybe the best way of really kind of looking at this is that emotional intelligence is really understanding what you're feeling, tapping into it, not pushing it away, and taking more control by choosing which emotions are serving you and if something's excessive, doing something about it. So there's a concept 
called mental immunity, just like our regular immunity, the immune system identifies pathogens, identifies invaders, and gets rid of them to protect your body. It's the same thing with your mind. Mental immunity is about learning and being able to practice the idea of purging any excessive negative emotions, because those emotions, they're going to create disorder in your heart rhythms. And if your heart rhythms are out of whack, there's a whole bunch of downstream effects from that. So emotional intelligence is important for a lot of reasons, especially because of the physical impact they're having on your heart. Because if your heart is not incoherence, if it's kind of out of alignment, the effects of that, both physically and mentally, are huge, especially over time. So this emotional intelligence is something that is powerful just having that awareness of what's going on. And that awareness alone can be extremely uplifting and empowering. But combining that with an awareness that your heart actually does play a huge role, it sends and it communicates messages to your brain and vice versa. Your heart and your brain are, con- are talking all the time. And ironically, the number of messages that are coming from the heart to the brain are massive compared to the number of messages that are coming from the brain to the heart. So it really seems and science is confirming that the communication and who's really kind of setting the tone, it's your heart. It's not your brain. So if that's true, if your brain is listening to your heart and really keen on what your heart has to say, as you're navigating and making decisions, listening to your heart absolutely will serve you well. And people just aren't really trained and aware to do this. And it's just the practice that can be increased day to day. And everything that we do within this podcast and the type of coaching that we provide to parents is to start doing things that help them find answers and to overcome or stop anything that's getting in their way. So ignoring your heart is definitely something that's in the way. Listening to your heart will help. And having your emotions work for you and not operate in a way that slows you down or keeps you stuck, that is the opportunity. And again, the heart is something which just from a communication perspective, just to kind of help maybe underscore this even more, the way the heart's communicating to the brain is happening on a number of different levels. The heart's communicating neurologically through nerve impulses. The heart's communicating to the brain biochemically with hormones and neurotransmitters. It's communicating biophysically through pressure waves. And it's also communicating energetically through electromagnetic field interactions. And we can measure this. The heart's electromagnetic field is actually 3,000 times stronger than the brain's electromagnetic field. So just that alone should kind of be an eye-opening fact. And what it means is there's something going on there. There's wisdom. And again, it's there for us if we're open to listen to, to hear and to then choose what makes sense for us. So this whole discussion is really about the fact that you are smarter than you think. And when I say smarter, smart can be defined a number of different ways. So IQ, sure. Emotional intelligence, emotionally smart, absolutely. You can have emotions that 
serve you as opposed to holding you back and, and to cultivate more and more of them. And you're also smarter when you actually allow the wisdom of the heart to come through. So taking all this, you absolutely are smarter than you realize. There's a lot of different dimensions. And how can you actually, you know, start to tap into this? Three things. One, increase your emotional intelligence and this concept of mental immunity. Kind of look at it like your body's overall um, immune system. Just actively think about which emotions are you experiencing that you don't think are serving you that feel heavy, that you feel like you're in too long and find a way to become aware of it and actively choose to purge whatever you feel is negative and is not serving you. And just that awareness and just that decision, you'll find ways of staying in those negative emotions less if that's your choice. But just practice the idea of increasing your emotional intelligence and use mental immunity to prune or to trim or to reduce whatever is not serving you. Secondly is to really tap into your heart intelligence. And that's just simply about being still, stopping, and dropping down and listening to your heart, even in a stressful situation. And if you can't do it, do it during the situation, then afterwards, really drop down. What is your heart saying? And be open to listening. Again, your heart is communicating so much more and it absolutely has messages that are useful to you. Overall, just know that if you make this a decision and, and truly embrace the idea that your heart has wisdom, just the awareness alone and the daily interest and desire to tap into that, you will improve. And then finally, whatever you can do to increase the coherence in your heart rhythms will help. And all the things that you would normally expect here, breathing exercises, meditation, just sitting still and pausing, taking a few breaths. And then even within this whole idea of creating this coherence, this is where the concept of heart rate variability comes into play. And this is a term, something that's really getting a lot of attention now. And the best way of looking at your heart rate variability in terms of what does it mean, let me give a quick definition because it is something that's really important and something that's not as well known as I think it's it's going to be over over the next few years. So heart rate variability is a measurement of the beat to beat changes in the heart rate. And it's overall a measure of how well you respond to stress. So if you're wondering how well do you respond to stress, the HRV is actually something we can measure and it is a great indicator of how well and how resilient you are to stress. The lower the number, the less well you respond. So the goal is to become over time to have a, an HRV that's higher. Now, just to get clearer on exactly what is it. So most people are familiar with a heart rate. So if you take your pulse and in 60 seconds, how many times does your heart beat? That's your pulse. The heart rate variability is measuring the difference between the heartbeats. It used to be that if you went to a doctor's office and they took your heart, they took your pulse over uh, you know, 60 seconds, a steady heartbeat was the sign of good health. And overall, how many beats per minute was also an indicator. So the concept of heart rate variability is saying, let's say a person has a heart rate of 60 beats per minute. If somebody has that heart rate and the space in between the individual beats is always the same, it's constant. That's a sign of very low heart rate variability. 
but somebody who has the same total beats per minute, but sometimes the space in between the beats is smaller, sometimes it's longer. There's this natural variability that is how we're designed. And it's a way that we could be resilient to different stimulus and different situations. So it's interesting that now this heart rate variability, measuring the space between the beats is viewed as a really good indicator of whether someone's kind of set up for success or whether someone's by the fact that they have a low heart rate variability, really setting themselves up for future health issues and disease. So this very simple measure is really important to know and then to do things that over time increase your heart rate variability. And again, that's going to basically restore the body's natural, naturally inherent variability in the heart rate. So when we talk about different things to increase heart rate variability, it's all things that are going to be very, very familiar to you. Just all the things that kind of help promote a healthy lifestyle apply here. But specifically, exercising and training and having cardiovascular and strength training somewhere worked in absolutely helps with HRV. Getting nutrition right, hydration, staying away from toxins like alcohol, and really ensuring that you're getting quality sleep, those all help with heart rate variability, as does getting outside, exposing yourself to the elements, and then having practices like breathing, meditation, and really cultivating gratitude and and actually journaling. All these things actually help increase your heart rate variability. And if you have higher heart rate variability, along with cultivating that stronger sense of emotional intelligence and really tapping into your heart intelligence, putting those three practices as part of what you're over time going to develop more and more of, that absolutely is going to serve you well. And that is how you can operate smarter and demonstrate intelligence in these very different ways. And again, in many ways, this is even more powerful than being book smart or having a high IQ. So consider this, see what feels right for you, but know that your heart really is a mentor. It's a a reliable guide for you. And it's perhaps the most important one. So see if this is something that you can embrace tapping into your heart intelligence, taking control where you can of your emotions, and just operating with greater mental immunity to have the thought, more of the thoughts that serve you and less of the thoughts that don't. Uh, These are all great practices to incorporate. This isn't woo-woo stuff. This is actually science. Science is backing all this up. And whether it's scientific or not, bottom line, these are effective tools that you can use to navigate with even greater ease, a sense of I've got this, to get to somewhere better for yourself and to put yourself in a much stronger position to help your child even more. Want to learn how to avoid the 33 mistakes most autism parents make? Get your free training today. Visit autismparentingsecrets.com slash unstoppable.